Welcome to part two of Health System CIO's interview with Cherie McFarland, CIO of HCA's West Florida Division. In this segment, McFarland talks about what she believes is the most important skill for CIOs today, why activities focused on diversity and inclusion in leadership are so critical, and the enormous opportunity that female leaders have to pave a better path. So it seems that there really has to be a, a willingness to take risks and to put your hand up, even if you might not meet every qualification of a job description. And that it hasn't always been the case with women. And many of the times we're not brought up that way or instructed that way. That you're so right. I mean, if you're looking for me to fix your server, I'm probably not the gal. I'm going to call my server administrator. I know how to hire great people. I know how to hire the best developers. And so while you may not know every little bit and bite about how everything works together, you know how the whole system works and what you can offer the business. And um, you're a business executive, first and foremost, a technologist, secondly. And I mean, I've studied, obviously, many, many years um, the technology as well. But first of all, don't take yourself too seriously. And don't pretend you know everything. And not be afraid to say, hey, let me get my SME for that. I'm going to focus on organization development, etc. But know how to hire the right people, get the right people on your team, motivate them. And really not be afraid to take risks. In HCA in 2005, IT reported separately into the CFO of every single hospital, Kate. And so we had a vice president in Nashville that wanted to develop a regional CIO model where we brought the IT staff into one organization under a CIO with a dotted line backed finance. And so I was the first division CIO in HCA who be made a CIO as opposed to a division director of IS and to be able to bring all those folks, over 200 people, build that team from scratch. And with my Master of Science in Industrial Psychology and Organization Development, that was like my bread and butter. That's what I wanted to right. do. I'll do this, I know how to do it, let me be first. And we may not make everything perfect year one, but let's build an organization so response to the business that we deliver a level of IT service they've never seen before. Because under a CFO, it's very harsh and very fragmented. Whereas when you put it under the CIO, you know, we had that different vision of how technology can align with and propel the business. And so again, I got to go first and loved every minute of jumping in at the deep end. Right. Right. And one of the things that we've seen in my interviews is that CIOs in general seem to have really much more a diverse background than in the past. And it seems like that's the case for women as well, in particular. Is that what you what you have found as well? Oh, absolutely. I mean, Krista Kindler, my dear friend at Advent Health, is a nurse. I've got a background in industrial psychology and organization development. You know, you have other folks who are have come up the programming slash um, development right. My my peer in East Florida. Um, I have other folks that came from a graphic design background um, in Far West, and so. I have other people that are pure technologists. Some came from imaging systems. Even in HCA, the, the field CIOs, there's 14 field CIOs and then a few for our other lines of business. Every one of us has a different background. And I think that's what makes for such a great team is that we have different skill sets. And I think that's the success I've seen in our organization. And just the ability to know someone has a clinical background or someone is more technical, this person and understands how to build a business from scratch is, is has what's made us, I think, as a team very successful. And I've seen that across the industry as well. 
Right. Right. And, and you mentioned the, um, the tea that was held at Chime. One year I went to it and at first, uh, you know, I wasn't really sure what to expect. And right away, just people just came up to me and said, hello. And it really struck me because that's just such a huge benefit. Women seem more likely to reach out to help other people and even serve as mentors. It's so funny because when I first came up with the idea, obviously I grew up in, in the north of Ireland under the UK and, and just beware of women who have afternoon tea because, you know, something if the boys think that they can make deals on the golf course, well, I can do that too. But I mean, it, it's so interesting because if you think that that's um, mundane activity where we just sit around and talk about what color nail polish we were going to buy, look out. Here we come, but that's a way to get people together. And, and, and for me, it was such a lovely family tradition, you know, afternoon tea and scones and sitting down and sitting down talking about world politics, how you're going to change the world, you know? And so it may look like, like a bunch of girls with fancy hats and fancy dresses, but look the hell like, because here we come. And so some people may think that's kind of humorous. I was talking to Michelle Vibber and it's like, you know, we do more than lunch and have tea. I said, you're darn right we do. And we've a lot to do. And this is just a way of getting to know each other. And it was in a beautiful setting. And um, I did that at a Gartner event years ago as well. And I thought it was fabulous because when I was first in time, people like Sue Shade and um, Pam McNutt, you never would have walked up to them and said, hi, Sue. Hi, Pam. Well, I might have because I'm just kind of cheeky and outgoing. But for the most part, a lot of girls that I've mentored and young ladies that I've mentored there's no way they would ever do that. They wouldn't work a room. They would never dream of going up to a seasoned female CIO and asking that person to mentor them or to have a conversation with them. So that breaks the ice. Such events as cocktail parties and painting together, golf clinics together, afternoon tea together, and or diversity and inclusion sessions together. You know, you start to get to know each other. And I think it's so important that that's the first step to building trust. And then you can build so much more once you know that person and you can go up to them at a chime event or reach out to them afterwards. The relationships that you build and what you can learn from that is incredible. So we're, to me, we're scratching the surface, Kate. We're only getting started and we have so much work to do. We've so much ahead of us that COVID kind of got in the way this year, but you know something? Mm, yeah. We're going to put the COVID thing aside and we're going to say, listen, we can do this digitally. Just like you and I are talking today, we've got technology to stay together. I mean, we've run HCA's entire COVID response, all being in different places and on conference calls. Mm. And on Zoom meetings, we do WebEx teams. So there's no reason why we as women of Chime can't organize and start really producing curriculum that really meets our needs. And I've had the opportunity to be a mentor at HCA on the Emerging Leaders Program for eight years. And we bring all kinds of amazing speakers about building your brand and how to negotiate a better salary. And there's a lot of things that typically women, we're just not taught some of those things. And it's okay for right. a guy to do it. They're considered aggressive or the breadwinner. When a woman does it, we're considered over-aggressive or an upstart or how dare they, you know? So I think that's changed a ton in the 24 years I've been in Chime. I will tell you, back in 1999, I was sitting at a table at the Fall Forum. I wasn't even officially a CIO per se yet until 2005. I just joined anyway and hyphenated my, my title from director of IT to CIO. Always imagine the job you're going to have, right? And we're sitting right. at lunch. And I'm at a table full of men. And you know what this guy said to me? He goes, what are you doing in a man's job? Uh, you know what in I said? 1999. 
1999, you know what I said to him? You're obviously suffering from the Y2K virus. I hope you'll be okay next year. Good for you. I don't know where that came from. I think it's just my cheeky Irish upbringing, but, but I realized back then, and think about how many years ago that is, 21 years ago, that we have a long way to go to smash that glass ceiling. And you know what? You don't stand back and complain about it. You get involved and you gained it. You'd be part of the solution. So first of all, you run for the board, you get elected, you start making a difference and you don't have to just come out with this grandiose big plan as of tomorrow where the women of Chime are gonna run the world, right? You start gradually, you build up, you build a grassroots. And first of all, it's important to find out if there's an interest to do it. And by God, is there an interest? I mean, you just put together people like Maria Lensing who has her wolf pack at AT&T and before you know it, you know what's really cool is I can't tell you how many male CIOs said, this is so important. We support this. We, we have wives. We have daughters. My colleagues want to be part of this. And the support that we've had from our male colleagues is incredible. Yeah. That's, that's Yeah, that's really great to hear. You ask John Kravitz, you ask Cletus, you ask Shafiq, and they're like, you guys need to do this. This is awesome. And I'm like, do you guys feel left out? Do you feel like, you know, like we brought Emily Chang and, and Dr. Sue Swanson. And we've had some keynotes the last few years that have really stirred the pot with some of the male membership. But you know what, Kate? It needs to happen. This is the implicit yeah. bias and the unconscious bias that, that is there that people don't even know they suffer from. You're right. It's, it's such a good point. Dr. Swanson, I felt like she could have gone again. If there were, I remember she said, oh, you know, there were things you didn't even get to cover, but that's the type of speaker, you know, that gets people talking, gets people thinking, and that's so important. Well, I promised her, because since I was her Q&A and her moderator, I promised her we would bring her back, because she's like, Shri, I didn't even get to the good stuff. And I said, I know, I know. <laughs> I said, we, we absolutely, we need a session two with Dr. Wendy Sue, and of course, Drex worked hard. Drex Ward worked with her at Seattle Children's. And she's a dynamo. She has so much more to share with us that she didn't get to. And, you know, and Emily Chine, you know, Brotopia, breaking up the boys yeah. club of Silicon Valley. I mean, I get to do, Russell always gives me the hard Q&As with the speakers that are going to probably stir the pot the most. And I, I just love it because the status quo will, will lead to the status quo. And as a professional organization and like time, we, we need to be on the frontiers of, of breaking through and other areas of healthcare are doing so much as well with ACHE and other organizations. Um, I'm so happy to see Chime embrace this and really recognize the need for us to be more inclusive and really have a voice for, for the women of Chime and a prominent role for us to play. Right, yeah, absolutely. Even as a member of the media, just to be involved with some of the Women of Chime initiatives is still fantastic. I've met so many people and gives me a, even more insight into, you know, some of the challenges being faced. So it's, it's so important to have this. So looking from the outside in, from your perspective, how do you see it and what do you think we're missing or areas of focus? You know, it's, it's always important to me to, to get 360 feedback. What are you seeing and so far and what's your impression? Well, I've been really happy with a lot of the, uh, the keynote speakers. I know there have been, kind of like we touched on, really getting into some issues that are difficult to talk about. I think that's important. Even things like the track sessions, I'd like to see more content getting into areas like diversity. And I don't want that to be relegated to a certain area. So that's me sure. personally. I'd like to see more of that. 
that's awesome because that's how we're going to really build a curriculum that are relevant and how we can make a difference is making sure that the content is valid and it's what our membership tells us they need. And I'll tell you, I mean, I didn't have any training on how to brand myself um, as a young professional. And I can only imagine how valuable that would have been. I mean, you kind of stumble along and find your way and make a few mistakes. And you kind of have guidelines in terms of what not to do. But just right. when you see the power of a professional coach, I mean, it is amazing some of the offerings that young women today can have in their careers that we didn't even know existed back then. And so I think it behooves us to work on building that, that expertise and that curriculum and become really good mentors and coaches to bring up the next layer and the next era of women leaders behind us. And that is, that is our responsibility and our legacy. Right. And I do the same for my guys. Yeah, I do the same for them as well. I mentor guys at work. But since women have traditionally been so underrepresented, that's been my real yes. focus. Really, the last decade, as I joined the Emerging Leaders, they've always given me a female to a mentor. And it usually revolved around executive presence and being able to hold your own in board meetings and how to go into a room full of men and not feel threatened. And so I guess I just don't have any nerves or something. I don't know. But I don't feel that kind of fear. But when I talk to some yeah. younger women in their careers, the thought of doing that makes them want to be sick. And you don't realize that that's something I just kind of do naturally. And so you don't realize it's actually, some people perceive it. My last boss is a skill. And so that's where we can help one another. We can help yeah. techniques. You know, Erica Williams, who's now one of the CIOs, I mentored her for like a year and a half. And she's like, I'm not getting up from this table. I said, yes, you are. Come on, let's go. So I took her with me and I said, hi, everyone, this is Erica. And before you knew it, she knew half the room, but she would never come out of that chair. Yeah. She wouldn't have dropped. She goes, leave me alone. I just want to go sit here and watch everybody. But yet she'll get up on stage dance, right? So you just yeah. don't know what helps people and how they learn to break the ice and how they feel more in included and be able to participate. And I think we've got a lot more of that to accomplish. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Just the fact that we're talking about this, that's absolutely huge to have that kind of guidance in place and, and these opportunities younger in the career could really make a difference. And, and especially getting younger girls into, did a couple of STEMs last few years with, you know, younger girls getting into STEM careers and getting them interested earlier in Cletus. And I've talked a lot about that, bringing women in. And we did it a few years ago where we had girls come in for a day. I think we were in San Diego at the time. And so it's really important to have them come in to see some role modeling, to see what business women in IT and healthcare IT do, and to expose their minds early on and to, you know, let them see some potential. Because, I mean, they're never going to see things like that unless we give them opportunities to. Like I said, it this starts a lot earlier than when you're a young professional. It's um, being introduced to technology and, and being introduced to career paths that can take you on a different trajectory in your life. Thank you for listening to this podcast from healthsystemcio.com. To hear other podcasts, visit our website or subscribe to our account in iTunes at healthsystemcio.com backslash podcast.